Adam Crowley. Come with me, and you'll see. It's a world filled with all the meat that you want. The Adam Crowley Show on ESPN Pittsburgh. You found the Crowley Show, where your mom listens, and you should too. 412-922-2874 is the number to call, or you can join the cast of dozens that follow me on Twitter, at underscore Adam Crowley. Brian LaMartina sitting across from me, shirtless Tom behind the glass, and pleased now for the first time on the Crowley Show to be joined by Fat Jack Ross from FatJackSports.com. Fat Jack, how you doing, man? What's up, Adam? How you doing today? I'm sitting outside the wind trying not to die of heat stroke. How are you? I'm jammed up. I hope you don't die of heat stroke, although that would probably make for some good radio. Uh, We had a couple of questions to ask you before we get to any of the gambling stuff, and the first one being, is your nickname an ironic thing? Like, are you a skinny dude who goes by Fat Jack? Oh, I wish. I wish I was (laughs) skinny. No, I'm, I'm one of those guys, even a skinny mirror doesn't do me justice. I mean, I... No, I I used to, when I was in college, I used to race people in the parking lot of this restaurant on foot for 40 yards. And if you could beat me, you got a $100 gift certificate to the restaurant. But I got one inch per pound head start <laughs> that I outweighed you by. So we'd take it outside the Monday night of the halftime, halftime of the Monday night football game, and I'd race you on foot. But I got one inch per pound head start. I raced people for three years. I lost once. Whoa. So I was pretty... Pretty fast for a fat guy. Now I'm old and fat, but no, I, it's not sexy. I mean, I, I I range somewhere around three bills. I mean, I carry it pretty well. You can go to my website, fatjacksports.com. There's a couple of pictures. Now my producer's fatter than I am, so he's really he's like super fat. I try to surround myself with super fat people. That way, I look even. I look better. But I, yeah, I'm listen. I'm not winning any beauty contests anytime soon. So, uh, but yeah, fatjacksports.com. I'm certainly not the ironic fat. I, I've got. Calorically challenged, as they say. My producer's fatter than me, too. Uh, FatJackSports.com is where you want to go. 96% of sports gamblers lose on a yearly basis, and Jack's system is simple. Uh, give us some of the trade tricks, my friend. Well, here's the deal. I mean, it's like, it's a little bit like I compare it to everybody. Everybody loves football. Everybody watches football, and I'm a football and basketball guy. I always tell people if Pete Rose couldn't make money betting on baseball, then I would probably have trouble make money betting on baseball. So I don't, I don't have a baseball package. You get those for free. And the football and, and basketball is kind of my thing. I've been doing this for 20 years, and I was like everybody else. They used to lose betting on sports. And I had a real estate investment company, and then I got better. I tried to figure out what it was that it took to turn a guy from just being good at football or whatever or knowing trivia to somebody that could win. And there are about 4% of the people that can win betting on sports. And, I, and over the last 20 years, it's not just me. I know a lot of these people. And so – uh, it's kind of a small group of us, and, and and I know a lot of those people and get their selects and some of those as well. And it's about how to value the information. It's about what to look at. But if a normal guy, I, I equate it to going to the fair. You know, you go to the fair and you see the ring toss. You know, when you were a kid, you went out to the fair and, and you maybe took a girl at 20 bucks and you thought, heck, I'm going to go win the big, the big stuffed animal. You went up and threw all the rings, and the next thing you know, you're broke and you're walking around. Your girlfriend doesn't have a stuffed animal. And you're going to have the end of the show and looking at all the, the cars that you can't afford and everybody's sad. That's kind of how sports gambling is. Everybody loves football. Everybody wants to bet on it. But if you talk to most 40 year old guys, they have a story of, I used to bet on football and then this, this happened. 96% of the guys have all tried it and lost. And so if you're not one of those people that you 
are, if you're a dentist or you're a doctor or you're a mechanic, I don't know how to change my own oil, all right? But I know how to win betting on sports, all right? I put in the work. I put in the time, and I know how to evaluate the information. Uh, what makes me different from most handicappers, A, I don't lie. B, everybody gets the same picks. Uh, those picks are then everybody gets those picks, text or email to them. I've been doing this for 20 years. Those picks are then posted, graded, and documented online. And unfortunately, if I lose, if and when I lose, I'm the only handicapper that says, yeah, we are going to have some losing days and weeks. When we lose, we'll come on this show and we'll talk about that because I promote responsible gambling. I promote money management. I, you can win playing the games against the spread and betting on games, um, but you just can't do it opening the paper on Friday and playing your gut. You can't bet the Steelers every single week and win. How dare you? FatJackSports.com. I wish it was that easy, but it's not. So FatJackSports.com, go check it out. And, and those picks have been all put right there. For everybody to see. So when you sign up, you're going to get the same picks I'm betting right now in Vegas and each and every week, and then they're going to be posted there. You're going to get to see them and uh, after the games go off, obviously, and then we'll talk about them. And over the last 20 years, 19 of those years, we've won in football and 19 we've won in basketball. So you can make money. There is hope, but you just can't do it by opening the paper. And in, in, in Pennsylvania, you know, things just got real because it's not just the guy betting illegally down the corner or betting overseas or going to Vegas. Everybody over the, you know, they, they've made the getting a sportsbook license real expensive. Mm-hmm. So it's taken a little bit of time, but over the next few months to a year, there are going to be sportsbooks opening up all over Pennsylvania. And a lot of people are going to have the opportunity to bet. We want to give them the opportunity to win. And so, uh, you know, the, you can join the 4%. You just can't do it by opening up the paper and guessing. What's the process to get involved with you on fatjacksports.com? It's real simple. Go, go and, uh, you just uh, go to the packages. Look, the only, pr- the only difference in the price is how long you sign up. It doesn't matter how much you bet. It's $50. I've got to bet $50. I've got to bet $50,000 a game and everywhere in between from all over the country. And if you sign up for a week, you pay a little bit more for the picks. And if you sign up for the whole year, so the longer you sign up, the less you're going to pay per pick. The picks are text to your cell phone. They're emailed to you. You can go on the website and punch in a pin and password and get the selections. But nobody's going to call you. Nobody's going to upsell you. Nobody's going to try to sell you, you know, try to convince you there's an underdog lock and you need to pay more. None of the things that a lot of guys are used to from handicappers, I don't do any of that. And that sets me apart. And I can do that because I'm actually a gambler that actually wins with my picks. This is all unique information that a lot of people are not used to in the world of handicapping. But you know, we come on this show each week. We're going to break down games. We're going to talk about the Steelers. We'll talk about why well, I know you're a West Virginia fan. We could talk about Dana Holgerson's latest tantrum because that guy needs <laughs> He's like me. He, that dude needs medication. I mean, we can admit that, right? I probably need medication. I think he self-medicates. He I, I do, too. So he and I are on the same page. I mean, I, I probably am bad. He and I are both very similar in, in balance. But I'll tell you what, the guy knows how to coach football, and I know how to pick winners. So we, we bond on that level. We're going to talk about West Virginia. We'll talk about the Steelers. But most importantly, if you want to win, you get signed up, and you get consistent winners over the course of the season. Don't leave your brain at home if you're betting on sports. You have to treat it more like a business and less like a hobby because it's, not, it's a lot like going to the fair and playing those games if you're just opening the paper and playing your favorite teams. You're going to be in the 96% that loses, and not the four percent that wins. I can help you join the four percent, but you, you know, you got to invest a little bit of money and then be consistent with what you're doing. Uh, responsible gambling, money management, those type of things have to have to be a part of it. 
Fat Jack joining us here on the Crowley Show, FatJackSports.com. We're going to break down a lot of the games coming up next weekend around college football, but in terms of season win-loss totals and over-unders, last numbers I pulled up for Pitt were over-under 5.5, Penn State 9.5, and and West Virginia at 7. Not sure that's where they all are right now, but what do you think about those? Yeah, I'll tell you, West Virginia, Pitt's 5.5 for sure. Um, No real opinion on that one. You know, part of making money on these futures are knowing which ones to stay Mm. away from and which ones to, to play. Um, in the Big Ten in general, I, I would I would not play Penn State, and if I did, I'd lean toward the under a little bit. They have a lot to replace, especially the coaching side. They obviously have to replace Barkley, um, and with all those the, the coaching change that they have to do, look for a, just a little bit of uh, chemistry issues for sure, and uh, and uh, some issues with that. Um, it, but I will tell you, in the Big Ten, I absolutely like Wisconsin. They don't have to play Ohio State this year. To look for them to run the table. I think they're going to go all the way to the championship game for sure. Um, other than that, I mean, I would probably stay out of the Big Ten as far as the futures bets go. Um, West Virginia, they are the sexy pick in the Big 12 with a lot of people, and I agree with that. Not only are they uh, loaded on offense, they're going to have to learn to stop some people on defense for sure. They have to replace people on that side of the ball. But they are loaded on offense. They get their quarterback back. They've got Holgerson, obviously knows how to coach offensive ball. They've got the three kids that are all all on the All-American team. So they're going to score a bunch of points. Um, I actually had them side and total in the game when he broke his hand against, broke his finger against Texas. And he ended up getting there total-wise, but didn't get there on the side with, with them. Um, I think they're going to – and the Big 12 is wide open. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma, absolutely. Kyler Murray is not a lot to be great at OU at quarterback. They're going to be. That's, they're definitely coming back to the pack a little bit, and that league, top to bottom, although solid, is not. There is not a given there. West Virginia could absolutely be playing in the end for the championship in that league, and off, especially if their defense comes up and can stop some people up front. They've got to replace a lot of pieces, but that number's low. I mean, they should absolutely win more than seven games. So over the total with West Virginia for sure. And that's not me pandering to the host in Pittsburgh. I, I, I feel pretty darn good about that now, Fat Jack. I feel real good about that. You and my boy Dan are spirit animals. We got shirtless Tom now wants to ask you a question. Yeah, Fat Jack, uh, moving on, looking at college football more of like a national scale with as far as futures are concerned. Like, Give me like a, like a sexy pick to like put in for the national championship this year. Like Right now in front of me, I'm looking at Michigan 14-1. to that, that looks pretty good to me. Am I, am I crazy? You are because here's the problem with <laughs> – I mean, I'm sorry, but here's the problem with Michigan. We see this a ton, all right? You get a coach like Harbaugh, this big personality that, that climbs the mountain, promises the moon to his fan base, and then kind of plateaus a little bit. Can't quite get over the hurdle. What happens? We saw this in Nebraska. We've seen it in Florida. We saw it at A&M. We saw it just recently with A&M. I love Kevin Sumlin. You know, he was at OU. We used to play Bunko together. Guy's awesome. But we've seen this all over Bunko. the country. <laughs> I don't know. They called it Drunko. All right, him, uh, Kevin Wilson, Sumlin, all those guys, awesome. But anyway, uh, the, so we saw it with them. You see this with these coaches. They, get, they promise the moon. They hit this plateau, and all heck breaks loose. They, you don't plateau at these type of universities. And the first sign of problems, they, you either go up or down. You don't stay the same. And I don't like patterns over the long run, but with a school like Michigan, they're either going to get over the hump this year or they're going to they're start trending backwards. I think Michigan State is a problem for them, and I already thought I like Wisconsin in the Big Ten. And Ohio State, as many problems Urban Meyer is having right now, 
listen, once that ball snaps, those kids don't give it. They don't care who's beating who's not. They're not interested in that. Those guys are playing for uh, Saturday from next. That's all they care about. They're not interested in any of that. So don't mistake what's going on off the field at Ohio State or not even off the field, just with their head coach, with what's going to have what's going to happen on on the field. So I, I no, I don't like I don't like Michigan. I don't think they're going to take that next step, and they're actually nine right now. So they're working up a little bit since all the Ohio State issues. But uh, I don't love Michigan. I would say uh, Wisconsin's a sexy pick out of the Big Ten for sure. I'll give you one that nobody will ever look at. Here's what you need to look at with futures: a team like Nevada. Who cares about Nevada? All right, nobody. Reno is a dump. All right, you go to do Reno, you're probably laying over to go somewhere else. Uh, there's a lot of meth in Reno. Nobody likes Nevada, right? You're, you're, there's bad buffets. It's like the poor meth meth addicted sister to Las Vegas. But here's what's good about Nevada: they, they their coach Newell um, is from Oklahoma, and I know a little bit about him. He is a really good football mind. He recruited great over there. They have a running back that just came in there. He is an absolute all-star. And they're a team that the perception of what's happening there does not match the reality of what's happened. They only won three games last year. The total is six, and they have got it going. They, he recruited well, and nobody knows about it. So when you're looking at win totals, that's what you want to find, a team that nobody knows that great things are happening, but they are. Because that, then the general public's not going to push that up. Las Vegas leaves it at a manageable number where they're going to beat the Pazzies but not be able to beat anybody they're not supposed to, that's what you're looking for. They'll get money under, they'll get money over, but the reality is they're going to win a couple of games nobody expects them to. That's Nevada. Play over the six wins on Nevada this year. That's easy money. That's a layup. Last thing here for you, uh, Fat Jack. What's one team that might be bloated, one team that people think, oh, they're going to be great, that maybe might sneak in on that under? Michigan's absolutely is a, is a candidate for that, and Oklahoma absolutely yeah. a candidate for that. Uh, that's in my backyard, obviously. Uh, Kyler Murray, great at baseball, rich guy, driving around in a Ferrari in Norman, Oklahoma, which stands out like a sore thumb. That'd be like me walking around in a Speedo up there in, in uh, Pittsburgh. <laughs> Nobody's going to love me to see that. I mean, I drive a Tesla, and everybody looks at me like I'm crazy. You drive around a Ferrari in Norman, you're either dealing drugs or wanting to sell them so, uh, or wanting to buy them. So uh, he, he definitely he might be great at baseball, but uh, he, he was a great athlete in high school. But they are not prepared for him to – he's going to have to be at least 80% of what Baker Mayfield was for them to be as good as they need to be to run the schedule. And on defense, they have holes. They had holes last year. Their secondary is not very good. Schematically, they do some things that they really are not very sound in. But they're a team absolutely you should look to probably underachieve this year. Um, look at Oklahoma to underachieve. The Big 12's wide open. Uh, that's why I like a team like West Virginia to be over their total of seven and OU probably to be under. Fat Jack Ross, FatJackSports.com. Really appreciate you taking the time. Can't wait to be doing this every week, man. I'm excited, guys. I love Pittsburgh. I'm excited. I'd like to get up there and meet you guys in person. And, uh, yeah, you guys want to, guys out there, you're playing the games. Go to FatJackSports.com. What you see is what you get. When we lose, I will talk about it. Most of the time, we're going to turn a profit. Long term, we're going to have a great season. I'm excited to come on each week and uh, break down the games and hopefully make people some money over the year. My man, when you come back, bring the Tesla, all right, and then we'll all hang out. Brother, it's like driving a roller coaster, all right? A P90D will get after it. Take care now. 
All right, have a good week. That's Fat Jack for FatJackSports.com. I like that dude. The one thing he did say that is wrong, we're going to have to talk about this next week. I know he's got a tight schedule, so I don't want to keep him too long, is that he wouldn't look out of place walking around in a Speedo as a fat guy in Pittsburgh. Everybody looks like that, man. They just wouldn't be wearing a Speedo. I mean, they, they all look like you probably look. All right? We need him to bring that Tesla, though. Yeah. We need the Tesla. Tom! This guy's going to make you some money, pal. It's exciting. He's going to make yeah. us all a lot of money. Yes, he is. FatJackSports.com. FatJackSports.com. Already steering me in the right direction. Was going to go down the Michigan road. He basically called me an idiot to my face, but yeah. I wanted that. I'm I wanted, taking the I Oklahoma hate, baby. That's the kind of guy you want handling your money. Brutally if you're making honest. It, if you're making an idiot move, you're an idiot. You don't want him to be a yes yeah. man. Nope, not at all. Told me his producer was fat. <laughs> Wonder what that's like. Coming up next. The great unsponsored football segment filled with knowledge and fun. Brought to you by To Be Determined. Poor Tom. Tom's not fat. Pleasantly plump. Big boned. Shirtless. It's Crowley Show. The Adam Crowley Show. Maybe I decide those teats don't need milking. Oh, that was close. That was close. (laughs) Maybe I decide those teats don't need milking. Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. The others don't need a squeezing. Thanks to Fat Jack from FatJackSports.com. Every Friday at 5, we'll be going through games starting next week as college football season gets off in full swing. And then, of course, NFL season the weekend after that. Your long national nightmare is over. It's almost real football season, baby! I was just thinking about the fact that this is the last week in oh. a long time that we don't have to go out yes. to the bar and not watch football yes. while we're getting drunk. It's it's a beautiful feeling. Yes. It's a beautiful feeling. Yes. There's nothing better than a Saturday night, and this is total hyperbole, but I don't care. A Saturday night, going to the bar, drinking a couple of cold ones, and watching Pac-12 after dark. I'll do one better. Week one, Michigan, Notre Dame, mm-hmm. under the lights, 730. I will take a Bud Light. Thank you for asking. I'll take several. Yes, please, bring me the bucket. And if you will, if you could just pour it down my gullet as my eyes are not leaving the screen. That'll do. I can't wait. Notre Dame. The best. Michigan. Penn State Pitt just the week after. West Virginia, Tennessee. A lot of big local games. Ohio State, they're playing Oregon State. Who cares? But we'll hear from Brett McMurphy coming up in 15 minutes on the Crowley Show, the guy who broke the Ohio State story. Even that can't put a damper on my wanting to see college football. And I know I said in the first segment of the program, don't make football more important than it is. I know I said yesterday that there's a lot of evil that comes along with these football programs. Yeah, but for four hours on Saturday, I'm putting it to the side. Noon, you wake up. Ohio State will be playing Oregon State. And you know at some point, Tom, you and I have talked about this, that Ohio State's going to be trailing by like three or seven and we're going to think, oh, my God, upset alert, upset alert. And then the next time we look up, it'll be 42-7, to 7, Ohio State. But it's that hope. It's just tasty. It's so good. Once it hits your lips, baby. And tomorrow we're going to get a little taste. But it ain't the real thing. The real thing's next weekend. And this is the last weekend where there's not going to be real meaningful football on. And even then, you've still got Steelers-Titans tomorrow at 7. One thing that I haven't brought up on the show that I've been meaning to get to is just how savage the Athletic's been. Have you seen what they're doing? The Athletic has poached a bunch of major 
beat writers for NFL teams just weeks before the season. It's what they did with Caboli last year. They just grab the guy right before the season and say, oh, sorry, local newspaper. Let's see if you can find someone to replace this dude. So not only do they bolster themselves, but they poop down the competition. They'd be pimp slapping people left and right. What time is it, Tom? And now it's time for the great unsponsored football segment filled with knowledge and fun. Brought to you by To Be Determined. Woo! Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor. T. Taylor of the Cleveland Browns got hurt last night. Looked like he broke his wrist. I thought he's not starting week one against the Steelers. Then lo and behold, this guy comes trotting back into the stadium and goes out there and takes more snaps for the Cleveland Browns. He was allowed back into the game to play. What the hell are they thinking? If he's your guy, if he's your starter, week one, and you're committed to him the way that Hugh Jackson says they're committed to him, you can't do that. Now, he's got to learn. He's got to work that offense. But at the same time, if he's your dude, it's more important to have him there not knowing the offense have him there not being comfortable than to not have him there at all and go with the rookie who's still picking up the offense who has never played an NFL game before. Which got me to thinking, are they really that stupid? Or did they want to see him get banged up so that Baker Mayfield could start game one? Matt Williamson's going to join us today at 620, and I want his thoughts on which Browns quarterback gives the Steelers a better chance to lose that game. Which quarterback can help the Browns win more? I think it's Terod because Cleveland's offense wasn't dreadful last year because they weren't able to move the ball. No, their offense was dreadful last year because they turned it over a bunch. And if Taylor's the quarterback with the weapons that they have, Njoku and Gordon and Jarvis Landry and Welker, or Welker, and Duke Johnson, pardon me, and Nick Chubb, if they've got all those weapons, and Tyrod Taylor doesn't turn the football over, I think they'll be able to move the ball and put some points up on the Steelers' defense. The writers at PittsburghSportsNow.com say that if Pitt beats Penn State, they've got a good chance of starting 6-0. Pitt hasn't started 6-0 since 1982, so when I hear that coming off a 5-7 season, forgive me, but it does sound crazy. They're going to win more games in six games than they did the entire 2017 season. Now, I don't buy that. Beating Penn State isn't crazy. I don't think they will, but they did two years ago. It wouldn't be shocking. Nothing is shocking in college football. Pitt plays Penn State, UCF, Georgia Tech, Syracuse, UNC, and Albany. They'll beat Albany. They should beat depleted UNC. They're probably going to beat Syracuse, too, but the other three are far from locks. Not only do I think they'll lose one, they'll lose two, and maybe they'll lose all three. There's nothing wrong with buying into a program. But I have my sincere doubt that Kenny Pickett is going to be the savior. He, well, might be good. He, well, might be the best quarterback they've had around there in a while. But he's also coming in in his second season, and I'm not just going to think he's Dan Marino right off the bat. I also have my doubts that the defense is all of a sudden going to be good. And I think they're worse than the teams that they're playing the first six weeks. Tom, I'll ask you this. As you are a Pitt diehard, so much so that your dad used... 
his lawnmower to cut the pit script into the, your yard. That's how you know it's almost season. You baby. know it's real. You know it's a season. You also know you're a, a colossal pit homer. If Pete, if Pitt beats Penn State, are they going six and zero to start the year? Nah, because it's just a clap. Being such a colossal pit homer, I know what's going to happen. Georgia Tech, North Carolina, those are losses right there. One of those two. That's classic pit loss. I Probably would... Georgia Tech the week. Right after Penn State, still a home game. You know, you kind of walk out on Hunts Field. Yeah, we just beat Penn State. Georgia Tech, they run a triple option. This is going to be easy, and they'll run for 500 yards down their throats. Well, I think it's kind of a trap. Don't you play UCF the week then after that? It go, I think it goes Penn State, then it's Georgia Tech, North Carolina, so they kind of fall into like an ACC mode. I and see. The Central Florida. That's odd. Weird, yeah. It is bizarre. UCF is on the road, and that's the defending national champs, man. I would... Okay, does it make you nervous... Or does it make you have hope that both the coach and the quarterback have basically guaranteed 10-win season? I liked it when the quarterback said it, because I think Kenny Pickett said it in more of a tone that was like, yes, I want this confidence swagger. from the quarterback. Yeah. yeah. Narduzzi's kind of a-hole-ish, you know what I mean? We'll see if first, back here for the first ACC all, he's championship. Locking, he's locking the media out for the rest of the year, so they're already on his bad side at that. But then he comes out, he's like, hey, next time I see you guys. We'll be getting ready to go up against Clemson. It's like, okay, dude, come on. Like, you were five and seven last year. You know what? His first two years inspired confidence in me. If I'm a Pitt fan, beating Clemson and Penn State in the same year, going eight and four, and they would have gone nine and four had there not been a bunch of injuries in the bowl game. That's a great year for Pitt, especially with those marquee wins. But if you want to be a program that contends for the division every year or this year, you can't just sneak up on a team. You can't just beat one big squad and not be consistent against other teams. That's been Pitt's problem since 1980s. Pitt's problem has been that they can beat those teams. They can rise up. They beat West Virginia in 2007. They beat Clemson two years ago in Death Valley in an unbelievable football game. They beat Miami last year. And those are all great wins. They should help the program, and they're certainly wins that you want to cheer about. But if you don't string those together, if you don't get a couple of those in a season, you ain't going to do it. West Virginia won 10 games a couple years ago, but their three losses they had were to the best teams they played, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and Miami. The three teams they played that were ranked, they lost to. You can't you, you can't do that. You, you have to be consistent. You have to get over the hump. And for Pitt to get over the hump, for Pitt to eventually be a team that can contend year in and year out for the division, they've got to beat those teams in the same year. That's a great unsponsored football segment filled with knowledge and fun. Brought to you by To Be Determined. Woo! We're going to do things we like now, Tom. Is that what you want to do? You don't want to do it? Okay, we'll do it in a moment. Uh, Brian LaMartina sitting across from me. You can check him out on Twitter, at FBomber73. Shirtless Tom on the Twitter.com, at ButtonPusher970. Every single Friday, we will be telling you things we like. We get 30 seconds to riff on things that make us happy. Every Monday, it's things that piss us off. We'd like you to get involved, too. We'd like you to play along. Things that you like, things that you don't like. I think it's cathartic. If you don't see a therapist, this kind of thing helps. Here's what I like. Afternoon beers. I can put down 15 Bud Light Limes and go to bed at 10 p.m. 
wake up the next day and feel like a million bucks. Afternoon, Bud Light Lime Crown Man is the best Crown Man. No peeing on my nightstands. No peeing down the stairs. I leave the windows shut. I pee in my toilet like a good boy at 9.59. And then enter Sandman. My wife tucks me in. I fall merrily to sleep. And I wake up the next day. I'm tremendous. You know what I like? Morning wood. I enjoy it. It's nice. It's a nice reminder that everything's still working, all fluid and going well. It's a little salute. It's like a little friend in the morning looking you in the eye and saying, Hey, Brian, good morning. It's going to be a beautiful, beautiful day. If you could just take care of me real quick, we can get this thing started and go on and get stuff done. And that just makes me so, so happy to see that little fella. makes me happy is when I just absolutely not a drive right down the middle of the fairway. Now don't get me wrong here folks, I'm no pole jack or beeler. I suck at golfing. Shoot, I'm not even much of an athlete in general. Hell, golf pisses me off more than anything in the world 99% of the time. Especially if I F up a drive and lose a ball, it's just the worst. But I'll save that for Monday. God, just thinking about piping one right down the middle, a perfect shot off the tee just gets me going. I'd imagine it's a lot like hitting a home run for a baseball player, except I wouldn't know what that's like because I'm not really an athlete. Tom nuts when he pipes one down the middle. That's all I heard there. Coming up next, Brett McMurphy joined our program yesterday to talk about the biggest news in sports right now, the Urban Meyer Ohio State situation. We got it for you next. It's the Crowley Show. The Adam Crowley Show. Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. We spent the entirety, pretty much, of yesterday's program talking about Ohio State and the scandal that's taken place. Uh, we're going to talk more Steelers coming up at 620 with Matt Williamson of Steelers Radio Network. But yesterday we got a chance to catch up with Brett McMurphy, who broke all this on Facebook after being fired by ESPN. That's a journalist. We started the conversation by me asking him, how's Dave's going? How's he doing? Sure. How you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm sure you're busy and you're being inundated with requests, so we do appreciate you taking the time. Uh, I'm interested in the journalism aspect of this first and foremost, Brett. When you report this story, do you expect it to go down the way that it has? Do you expect the administration to go about it in a similar way, at least, to the way that they have? Well, no, because when I first reported the story back in July, the entire focus was on Zach Smith's domestic violence uh, history. Uh, I heard that he had some issues in his past at Florida, so I put in a public records request in the state of Florida at various places and also in Ohio and found out that he had been arrested in 2009 while on the staff at Florida for uh, aggravated battery of a pregnant female. And then also he had a domestic violence protection order filed against him in Ohio um, in July of 2018. Neither, neither one of those instances had been reported, and so I reported that. That was strictly the focus of my reporting. Ohio State fired him 50 minutes after I reported that 
on July 23rd. And then the next day, Urban's infamous press conference at Big Ten Media Days where he said he has no knowledge and asked who would create a story like that. While I was sitting in about the 20th row in the Chicago downtown Marriott at Big Ten Media Days, and I'm thinking, well, yeah, I would create that story because I've got the police report. So my focus on my reporting totally shifted with Urban said he didn't know anything about it. So I wondered why in the world would you fire somebody if you said you didn't know anything about 2015, and why are you saying you don't know anything about 2015? So basically I then, you know, continued to report, uh, was able to talk to Courtney Smith. Um, I asked her specifically if Urban knew. What do you think he knew? She provided multiple mounds of evidence, text messages, emails, photos, etc. And so then I reported that on August 1st. The school launched an investigation, and then following that investigation, they suspended him for three days. So when I first started doing this, I had no clue it would have turned into something like this, but ultimately it did for one reason, and that's because Urban Meyer lied at Big Ten Media Days. If he says he knew about 2015, I'm not so certain I would have uncovered a lot of the things that I did because a lot of the things I uncovered was proving that Urban Meyer knew about it. So it's, it's, um, I guess it's ironic how that worked out. Because you did unearth those things, and the reporting was so thorough, when you hear things yesterday like Urban Meyer had no attempt to mislead, uh, that he didn't deliberately lie, how does that make you feel? Uh, yeah, I didn't deliberately you know, plan to speed 90 miles an hour in a 50-mile-per-hour zone either. I mean, he either lied or he didn't lie. Um, you know, it's comical when I hear that. It sounds like you're talking about a about – a, a six-year-old, you know, I didn't deliberately lie. Um, basically, everything Urban Meyer has said about this has been a lie. Uh, he found out about domestic violence incidents in 2015. Urban Meyer and Gene Smith both failed to notify Ohio State's compliance office. Um, there were multiple transgressions on Zach Smith's part during his time at Ohio State, and each time, Urban Meyer never disciplined him. Um, I would strongly suggest if people out there have not read the Ohio State investigative report, it's 23 pages. It's If it was a novel, they'd say it was a quick read, it was a good read. You will be, you will be stunned at how much Urban Meyer knew and how much Urban Meyer covered up to keep Zach Smith on the staff. And yet, even with all of this evidence, Ohio State decided they still want him to be their head football coach, which basically sums it up that there's the most important, excuse me, the most important thing at Ohio State is the football program. There's no doubt about that, and it was brilliant and disgusting all at the same time, the order in which they did what they did yesterday. First, they announced the suspension. They allow Urban Meyer to have the questions, and then they released the report. So it's not like you guys uh, or media members who are there anyone, right, yeah. don't have yeah, an opportunity. Bush, that was Bush League. I mean... The, the investigative report was incredible. The, Mary Jo White and her, her staff, her law firm, did an unbelievable job. I literally knew about, well, I knew about all of it, but I'd reported about 90% of it. Um, there were a couple of things that I didn't report that Courtney and other sources had shared with me, but I couldn't, but I couldn't um, confirm it, so I didn't report it. But no, it's very thorough. But then to release that report after the media, after the press conference is over, 
Um, there was a reason for that because the questions that would have been asked would have been totally different. And now when Urban Meyer ever addresses the media again in two weeks or three weeks, whenever that day is, and if the Ohio State beat writers actually have the guts to ask him about some of this stuff, he's simply going to say, I already discussed that at the press conference. I'm only going to talk about this year's team. And he'll never have to answer these questions again. Does Gene Smith deserve to be fired because of this? You know, I mean, Urban should be fired without question. Gene Smith, I don't know because actually there's in the investigative report, there's some key bits of information that actually show Gene Smith actually wanted Jack Smith fired in 2016. Urban Meyer said no. Gene Smith also was never told by Urban Meyer in 2011 when Urban Meyer hired Jack Smith. Urban never shared with Gene that, oh, by the way, in 2009, he was arrested for domestic violence. So Gene Smith obviously made a huge mistake not telling compliance in 2015 about domestic violence issues. But I don't – all this stuff that went on, it was – Zach Smith was under – was Urban was a supervisor. So I would actually – you know, Gene actually showed – that he kind of realized the situation and that he he tried to get rid of Zach in 2016, but ultimately Urban made the decision to keep him. So I, I actually have no problem with Gene being there. I think his biggest mistake was was um, not not reporting the 2015 incident to compliance. Why does Jim Trestle get fired and Urban Meyer doesn't? I don't know. Somebody just pointed out, I think Todd Gurley got suspended, I think, four games for – selling $3,000 worth of autographs, and Urban Meyer basically kept the wife beater on staff for six years at Ohio State. She was at five years with him at Florida, and he gets three games. I, I have no clue. I mean, the, the thing is, it, it's, it's so sad. I want to say it's comical, but it's, there's nothing funny about this, but it's sad that Urban Meyer continually said in that press conference, well, I wish I knew more. I wish I knew more. I would have done more. Urban knew, Urban knew everything. He knew everything. He just chose not to do anything. Uh, there were multiple inci- um, incidents in the uh, investigative report that details Zach Smith blowing $600 at a strip club on a recruiting trip, which caused Urban Meyer to change the coach's manual, prohibiting, prohibiting pornography, to be sent over your um, university-issued cell phone. So what happens the next year? Zach Smith is having sex in the football offices with the secretary, taking pictures of it. He's taking pictures of his private parts in the White House. And then a few months after that, he's being investigated for domestic violence. So all of these things continually get added up. Urban Meyer sent... Urban Meyer and or Ohio State sent Zach Smith to drug rehab in June of 2016. They sent him to Mason, Ohio for 10 days of treatment for multiple addictions and also to determine if he had a sex addiction. It's a 10-day minimum 10-day stay, and after that you're required to stay two weeks, three weeks, or four weeks. Zach Smith left after four days. Again, there's, there's multiple, multiple, multiple incidents where Zach Smith did things 
that any other coach on the face of the earth that was an assistant coach would have been fired. Yet Urban Meyer looked the other way every time and simply did anything. So when he says he wished he knew more, I don't know what else he could know. He knew everything. He just didn't do anything. Brett McMurphy joining us here on the Crowley Show. Last couple of things for Brett. Uh, you mentioned the recruiting trip, a lot of the things that took place uh, at the Ohio State facility. Because it happened there, why doesn't the NCAA have jurisdiction since a bunch of this stuff was going on with Zach Smith inside the program? Well, in a weird way, it's um, it's not extra benefits for student-athletes, um, so it doesn't cover anything there. Um, there could be some recruiting issues if you're depending on who was on the recruiting trip in the, in the strip club. That could be a possible NCAA violation. Um, but usually the NCAA investigations aren't conducted by the NCAA. It's the member schools invest when they're made, when they're notified about possible violations, which is usually through media reports, then they investigate it themselves, and then they forward that information to the NCAA, and at that time the NCAA determines what, if any, punishment there is. So I don't know if the NCAA would come in and look at this. Certainly if they are, they will not confirm that they are looking into NCA issues at Ohio State, but it certainly does raise a lot of questions. And I'm cer- certain that people will be looking into that, and that's one of the one of many questions yet to be answered is how will this impact Ohio State um, as far as the NCA is concerned. Is this systematic in college football, nepotism, old boys club, protecting people for doing things they shouldn't be doing? Do you think that this is going on in a majority of the programs out there? Do you think it's going on in – half the programs out there? Do you think it's going on around the country? Well, I certainly hope not. I mean, I would think that it's, you know, I don't think this is normal by any means. I think this is, you know, one of the elite programs in the country. They are obviously important. Football is the number one priority there. I don't think you see that at a lot of other places. Um, I, I don't think it would have happened at a lot of other places. Um, you know, this is totally different, but just a totally mindset. I got an email from Stanford today. Uh, well, the, not the, all the national media did that basically Bryce Love, their stud running back, Heisman Trophy candidate, would be on a conference call today. <laughs> but the subject, the subject of the email said, human biology major Bryce Love will be available on a teleconference. And, you know, it's just funny seeing an email from Stanford. There's no mention that he's a running back. There's no mention he's a Heisman candidate. It's, oh, by the way, the human biology major, Bryce Love, will be on a teleconference. So not everybody's like Ohio State, thankfully. I'm sure there are some schools like that. I would hope to think that a lot of schools aren't like that. I do know since I first started reporting this, I've had dozens of athletic directors and, and football coaches from other universities reach out to me. And, you know, basically say, look, you're doing a great job. Keep keep digging in and reporting. But also they would say that, you know, look, you just ruined our, our day today. But they were joking. They were saying that basically every, every one of their staff members had to get out their contracts and go through their contracts and see specifically what they're responsible for as, as far as reporting domestic violence issues. You know, because I'm not saying there's other domestic violence abusers on all these coaching staffs, but certainly each coaching staff has their share of knuckleheads that, that may not make the best decisions. And so basically all these coaches want to know what exactly they're responsible for, because I think what scares a lot of these head coaches the most 
is this is basically one assistant coach has basically not brought down but severely damaged the legacy of Urban Meyer. And so if one coach can do that to Urban Meyer, you know, what, what's going to keep that from happening to other coaches around the country if they have a, a rogue assistant coach out there? Last thing for you, Brett. Ohio State, any fan you talk to will say, I'm from the Ohio State University. And I thought that the football program was always bigger than any one man. I think yesterday it kind of proved the opposite, didn't they? I think so. And again, you know, the board meeting went on for over 11 hours. We don't know what what happened behind closed doors. There were reports that Michael Drake insisted on a suspension for Urban Meyer. He was not going to accept an, uh, a suspension. So, you know, again, you, can, you can't really read much into that, but I think ultimately um, the importance of football for the people in that room outweighed um, the fact that they've got somebody that had a staff member and helped him cover up domestic violence, whatever perception that will be going forward. The importance of winning the Big Ten, going to college football playoff, outweighed that. And maybe part of that reason is they also weren't prepared to pay Urban Meyer $40 million to go away. I think it was a combination of those two factors. Brett, really appreciate you taking the time, uh, not just to join us on the show, but to dive into the reporting the way that you have uh, today with all the hashtag fake news nonsense. Uh, It's good to see that real journalism is still out there. So appreciate it, and thank you again. I appreciate it. Thank you. That's Brett McMurphy. Loved having him on the program. A lot of great information there. You know what day it is, Tom? Hmm. I don't. What day is it? It's Friday. It's Friday? You know what that means? Free movie Friday! On Adam Tickets, it's back. The Adam Tickets app lets you browse movie titles, buy tickets, invite friends, pre-order concessions, all from your phone, and you get to skip the lines. Today, Adam Tickets wants to give you a chance at free movie tickets. Text them now. Text BURGER to ATOM1. That's BURGER to 28661 for your chance to win free movie tickets. Standard data and text message rates may apply. Coming up next, you'll never guess what Pat Narduzzi said today. It's a Crowley Show.